Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. Welcome back to the Intention Training Podcast. Today is Season 2, Episode 5. We are recording on Easter Sunday. Um, Happy Easter to those of you who celebrate. If you don't celebrate Easter, um, we hope that you you believe in something or someone um, that is keeping you grounded right now and giving you hope during these times. Um, Yeah, so we are going to start a new little mini-series today um, that we're calling Train for Blank. Jen, can you tell the listeners what that's about? Um, So basically both of us have found that from working with different types of clients of different levels, a lot of people don't really know how to actually train for their goals. A lot of people think that um, training looks mostly like going outside and taking a run, um, beating yourself ev- beating yourself up every time you decide to work out. Um, but a lot of people, like, in their mind, they have this vision of what they want to accomplish, but they think that the only way to get there is through, like... Yeah, taking a run every day or doing something that you find really uncomfortable um, or that you don't enjoy that a lot of other people enjoy. So with this, we wanted to show people how to train for their goals and that um, planning your own program can be super easy as long as you know the steps and strategies for you know what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, totally. I think you brought up a couple good points and I can just speak um, from personal experience that if you don't really know what your goal is or how to train for it and how to pursue it, then you're really, I'm not going to say you're wasting your time, but your time could definitely be spent better. I'm someone who I really enjoy different aspects and different types of training. I like to mess around with Olympic lifting. Um, I did a powerlifting meet and now I'm doing a physique show. So it's you you really have to bear down on on one thing at a time and there are definitely ways that you can develop multiple i guess variables of being an athlete or um just getting better but i i think when it comes down to it you have to know what your goal is and how you're going to get there and really just focus on that that's something that i've learned um over time and you made a good point jen that i think there's sort of um a narrative out there that like in order to really work out you should like you should feel like shit when you're done like you should feel beat up you should be exhausted and i just don't think that's really true and i think that people would enjoy training quite a bit more if they went about it in an intelligent manner um, where they're being efficient with their time, um, optimizing the way they train and making sure that whatever they're doing is actually conducive to what they're trying to achieve. Um, So that's why we're doing this. That's why we want to provide you with this information and keep in mind that we're still very early on in our journeys as personal trainers, as coaches. Um, So we're of course going to do the best of our ability to provide you with good information um but you know we're not super vets in this industry or anything like that so um if you if you take our opinions great if you don't that's fine um 
another reason we wanted to do this is I think providing people with different options for why you might train will give people will kind of clarify for some people which route they want to take. So um, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. So this week we're starting really basic. We're starting with um, train for health or another way you can think about this is um, train for living. So, you know, living your best, most um, efficient, productive, best feeling life. Um, So, yeah, go ahead. Just before we get into like the actual material, I wanted to ask you, um, and we didn't prep this, but like what's your train for blank? Like why do you train? What's what drives you to get up? early every morning and train and read about training and really just try and be better i think ultimately i want to be my strongest self so um i don't train for functionality explicitly i don't train to feel healthy or for my joints to feel better i feel like a lot of my training um as best as best as i can help it i i don't want that want this to happen but um a lot of my training actually um, can be super hard on my joints, can make me tired, etc. But like, there's nothing better feeling for me than feeling like my strongest self. Um, like I can lift a lot of weight. I can handle a lot of pressure. Um, I can, I can stand up with a huge, um, lump sum of weight on my back. And for me, that really translates over mentally and um, really helps my mental fortitude and integrity. And so for me, it's like more what makes me feel my most capable, my strongest. And another thing that I really enjoy about training is the ability, it increases my ability to connect with myself. Um, so like, I'm able to push myself more. I'm able to know now when I need to take it easier and when I'm being a slacker. Um, it's really just a way for me to check in with myself and to continue to grow in um, a way that I can tangibly measure. Like, I'm a much stronger lifter now than the first time I squatted 225 pounds because I do 225 pounds now all the time, and even though sometimes it scares me, um, I know that I'm capable of so much more than that. So that's why I train. Do you want to talk about why you train? Yeah. Um, just listening to you talk about it, I think one of the biggest reasons why I get up every day and do this is because of what making progress feels like. Um, I think training for me has just given me something to kind of pour myself into and work on every day and establish a routine um, and and just feel like I have a purpose in trying to be the best version of myself I can be because I feel like when I'm training, I'm not just working on my body, I'm working on my mind. And it's just a really like clarifying thing for me. Um, When you said that you feel like more in touch with yourself um, if you're training, I totally agree. I think some of the most like profound thoughts and realizations I've had have been in the gym and it can be such a great way to just clear your head start your day whatever it might be it's just a great way to just be with yourself and be mindful and be focused on one task so that's I guess that's really why why I get up every day and do it and 
as a coach, what drives me to want to learn more and become a better communicator and, and things like that is because I want to impact as many people as I can. And it's, it's weird because it's a super, like there are, there's an abundance of personal trainers of coaches out there. And so you have to find a way to set yourself apart. And I feel like we're still finding that because like, yeah, you can do the social media thing. Um, and I've definitely made an effort to like get more, put myself out there more and do more of that stuff. But when it comes down to it, I think it really, people want to see that you genuinely care and that you want success for them as much, if not more than they want it. And that's, that's kind of what drives me is bettering myself so that I can help other people do the same. Um, on top of that, like, like you said, it's just an incredible feeling when you lift a weight you've never lifted before or do a number of reps you've never done before. Or even if like, say you're a runner, you PR your mile time, whatever it might be. Like if you're measurably making progress and becoming a better you, that that's an incredible feeling. It'll make you feel more confident in yourself. It'll carry over to other aspects of life. So it, to me, it really doesn't matter what it is, whether it's fitness related or not. Like that, just being resilient, being relentless, and per- pursuing something hard every day, day in and day out, is a beautiful thing. And I think that's like really the purpose of life when it comes down to it is finding something you really, really care about and then chasing it. So that's why I do it. All right. So I guess right now, neither of us are really training for functionality, but it's important. I think to cover these bases before you go into things like training for strength, training for hypertrophy, training for flexibility, stability, etc. Um, so, yeah, let's let's start. So, like you said, we'll get into the more um, niche things like training for size, training for strength, training for endurance, things like that. But this is going to cater to more so people that just want to be healthy, want to move well. Um, want to be well-rounded and live a long and happy, healthy life. So there are certain things that we consider to be important, to be healthy overall. And we're talking pretty strictly physically here um, because there are other things that we believe are important in terms of spiritual and mental health and things like that. But we're going to stick pretty much to the physical side here. So training for overall health. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services recommends that people get 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per week or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous exercise per week. Um, Can Can you say those numbers again? Yeah. So 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per week. So what's that? 300 minutes would be five hours, I believe. Yeah, five hours. Um, 150 is... Three and a half, I think. Two and a half. (laughs) Two and a half to five hours of moderate intensity. So that would be like your walking, your elliptical, stair climber, um, a pretty like nonchalant uh, strength session, things like that. And then you have 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous exercise per week. Um, So an hour and 15 minutes to two and a half hours. of harder training where your heart rate's up more, lots of adrenaline, um, you're really pushing yourself. So 
whether you choose to go more moderate intensity or more vigorous exercise, it's totally up to you. I think the biggest thing is consistency. Um, I think when they make these recommendations, they are definitely thinking that people are going to primarily participate in cardio for their exercise. I think that's where these recommendations more fall. Um, in my eyes, they should be recommending some type of resistance training for everyone as well, but um, we're not there yet. So let's talk about cardio. Um, we have we took down some notes on why it's important to do cardio. And some of them you may know, some of them you may not, um, but we're just gonna go over those benefits really briefly. And there is um, a really great article on Stronger by Science that touches on why athletes should consider doing more aerobic or cardio training um, because it often gets neglected because people think we don't directly use it or need it, which, which is true, but there's a lot of secondary um, uses in which cardio can be beneficial. Um, some of those big primary benefits are gonna be brain health and cognitive ability, um, clearer and healthier skin. You actually get better circulation, get blood flowing throughout your whole body. Um, it's gonna keep blood sugar and cholesterol in check to some degree, some of that's genetic. Um, it can decrease risk of diabetes and chronic respiratory disease. You're gonna burn more calories throughout the day, uh, better sexual health, joint range of motion, uh, as well as releasing um, certain hormones that are actually, uh, I forget the, I think it's anxiolytic, which means like basically they fight anxiety, which is pretty cool. And then you're, you're gonna, experience increased energy from adrenaline hormones such as dopamine and norepinephrine. Um, you're gonna have an elevated mood, boost your self-esteem, um, and this is all coming from the Cleveland Clinic. So those are some reasons why you might wanna do cardio. Jen, how do you, I guess, maybe we'll we'll stay on topic. I was gonna ask how you incorporate cardio, but maybe we'll save that more for like the strength. Yeah, I just wanna say like listening to all those things, if cardio or like steady state low impact cardio is something that you find really boring you're probably not going to experience a lot of those effects you're probably going to feel i mean you're not going to experience a boost in self-esteem most likely if you don't feel good about what you're doing so it's important to understand that um you can do so much more with these prescribed minutes of exercise than like being on the stair climber watching a show or just sweating and feeling gross um some people really enjoy the stair climber and elliptical i have never been one of those people um what i do for cardio is um i like a i like a long walk um that's really nice i like to look at houses and like um imagine myself in them or like wonder what people's i don't know i'm really weird um what I do, God, what do I do? Um, I guess I use the wind bike a lot. I really like to do circuits, so I, I like to put a timer on for like 45 seconds, and then um, I'll make like a 15 second rest period, and I'll have three stations that I go to, and I do that like three to five times. Um, and these are typically high intensity exercises like kettlebell swings, um, mountain climbers, stuff like that. I don't really like my cardio to last more than 20 minutes, um, I also really enjoy things like sled drags and farmer's carries. It's just, if it gets too long, it's going to affect my strength training. And 
I just don't want to be, for me, that would be a waste of time because I'm training for strength, not necessarily cardiovascular health. And for powerlifting, I get um, like good cardio can come from timing your rest periods or supersetting exercises. So you're not spending in a, a lot of time sitting. So for me, that's really all I need in terms of cardio, but I like to add that extra interval stuff um, so that I can work on my work capacity. Definitely. Um, a couple things that popped in my head while you were speaking. Um, you make a great point that exercise enjoyment is gonna really impact exercise adherence. So if you're doing something that you absolutely hate doing, um, there's much less of a chance that you're gonna keep doing it. So I would really encourage people to try and find, to one, mix it up and do different things for cardio so you don't get bored. Um, And two, try and find options that you do enjoy doing. There are really kind of endless options. Um, Obviously, not right now. But in general, you've got all the cardio machines. Like Jen said, you can do some circuit training. You can drag or push a sled. Um, You can run stairs. You can do sprints, um, all sorts of things. Um, Another thing to consider when we talk about higher intensity options is you'll notice that those recommendations from the Department of Human Health and Services is that the recommendation for vigorous exercise is much lower Uh, than it is for moderate intensity exercise. That's just because it's a lot harder on your body. So I wouldn't jump right into doing high intensity exercise um, like right away if you don't have a background in training because it's gonna really beat you up. And like I I said before, that's gonna make you hate it and not wanna exercise. So that's something to consider. Another thing to consider when we're talking about cardio is another big part of people's goals have to usually have to do with changing your body composition, gaining weight, losing weight, maintaining. That's another thing to consider when it comes to cardio. Um, I've even when I've been in like bulking phases, I, I I'll still include cardio from time to time. Um, but you just have to be conscious of the choices you make because if you're bulking and you're trying to gain weight, um, you don't want to spend a ton of time burning calories uh, that you don't need to because that just means more you have to eat. Um, whereas if you're trying to lose weight, you may want to supplement with more cardio. Um, so. These are all things to take into consideration when we talk about cardio. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about the benefits to resistance training. So if if we are talking about something right now, that means we think it is important to training for overall health, which is the focus of today's podcast. So, so far we have cardio and now we're going to talk about resistance training. Uh, Jen, do you want to take this one? Yeah. Um, All right. So benefits to resistance training. We have improved muscle strength um beyond just being able to lift more you can um, go to ikea and you can move your own boxes i've always found that to be really fulfilling like if you're moving into your dorm i rarely need to like take a dolly um so yeah improved muscle strength and this also protects your joints from injury so Um, If you build up that musculature around your knees, it's less likely that you'll have um, a knee issue from, uh, like, something strength-related. Another thing is it's a great way to get better at balance and flexibility. So if you've ever done, like, a single-leg Romanian deadlift 
that's really hard, um, especially when you once you start putting weight on there. But um, going through like a full range of motion, like a stiff leg deadlift, that's going to really require your hamstrings to stretch. And a lot of people say that sometimes exercising or like these movements are even more beneficial than static stretching for like 15 to 20 minutes. Steffi Cohen has this quote and it's like um, training, it's something about like training flexibility um, during static stretches. And she's saying that since you're not loading that range of motion or that stretch, your body um, isn't going to remember like that flexibility it's because it's not functional your body can't actually use it like if I get in to a full split but I have to hold myself there um what what good is that really for me um whereas touching your toes is super useful and you should be able to move in and out of that position because you do that a lot you bring up kind of like functional training which like you're talking about we want to do things that are going to help us look better feel better and kind of thrive in everyday life so yeah like being able to carry your groceries that's huge um i have a professor who always talks about when you squat when you get up out of a chair you do a bench press or a pushing movement when you push open a door you deadlift when you pick up your groceries or a suitcase off the ground these are all like people started doing these for a reason because they wanted to be stronger at everyday things um so that can really benefit you um i'll let you get back to it so another thing from there would be um, an increase in the ratio of muscle to fat. So if you're somebody who is trying to lose weight um, or, or trying to lose body fat, you're definitely going to want to increase the amount of muscle you have on your body because muscle, there's a saying that muscle is really expensive in that um, it needs a lot of calories. Um, because it's burning more like it's it just takes more to maintain so your body's going to burn way more calories at rest if you have a higher percentage of muscle um resistance training also prevents and controls chronic chronic conditions and this can even include things like depression and anxiety um just because of what we talked about earlier like if you're enjoying your training, that can really affect your mental health and improve it. Um, and this can also go into um, other other health-related things that I probably shouldn't be talking about. Um, improved posture, so that musculature is going to be more that musculature. Blah blah blah. <sighs> Goodness gracious, that musculature is going to be stronger. Um, you're going to be able to hold your head up. I have a really big head, so it's important that I have a really strong neck. Um, increased bone density. This is going to be important when you're older. So you're going to want to get a jump start on that. Um, then again, boosting your confidence, body image, self-esteem, and you're going to get better sleep. Um, not, not if you're working out right before you go to sleep, but if you are consistently working out, you have a consistent schedule. Your body's going to, um, benefit from that in your sleep as well. 
So if we're talking about like the nitty gritty of what people should actually do for resistance training, um, things that I think are important are learning to squat. And that doesn't have to be a barbell squat. Um, doesn't have to be a back squat. Doesn't have to be a front squat. Just learning to squat properly um, while keeping a pretty neutral spine um, without a lot of knee valgus where your knees are caving in um, and where your feet are pretty solid in the ground. So for a lot of people, that's a journey. Like you have to, many people first have to improve their ankle mobility. They have to improve their hip mobility. They have to learn how to brace properly in order to actually execute a good squat. So it's a little bit frustrating when you see people just get thrown under a bar. Um, So we try to stay away from that. Definitely. But I think learning a squat pattern and then learning a hinge pattern, that's going to be more hip dominant, whereas squats more knee dominant, um, really like pushing your hips back. This is how we're going to pick pick up heavy objects off the ground. And we're primarily going to train that through some some type of deadlift. Um, But it definitely doesn't have to be there. Great other options like a kettlebell swing. but mainly you're going to want to do some type of deadlift movement. And then I also think it's important to progress towards um, a lunge type of movement and more unilateral training where you're training one limb at a time. That's going to force you to work on your stability, your balance, um, your core strength, progressing towards that. And then really just for me, a huge thing is being able to move well, like not experiencing pain when I move. Um, And I think because everyone has different anatomy, we're all kind of predisposed to hurt in when we move different ways. Jen, you've got a weird thing with your hip cracking. Um, You may just feel like some tightness in your body in certain places. Learning to identify that and how to you, you can't change it. It's your it's the way your body's built, but work around it or improve on the way you move um, is huge. So I think moving in all planes of motion, meaning not only in the sagittal plane, which is going to be front to back movements like a squat, a deadlift, a walking lunge, um, but including things like lateral lunges where you're moving side to side, um, including rotation And these are all things that are going to come down the road. At the beginning, I I definitely think being as minimalist as possible is good because you don't want to try, you don't want to overwhelm yourself and you want to make sure you have a good grasp on whatever you're working on at that particular time before you move on. But these are all things to consider when we're talking about training. Um, Also, not only performing push movements, but also pulling. So making sure that you have a balanced kinetic chain, not only training your arms for all the bros. Um, Yeah, what's up? I think that like this is all important stuff and you you can get a grasp on this once you're um once you get better at training and you find out more what you like and what you're not great at but what you'd like what you'd like to improve at but I find that a lot of my clients are very confused about how to make their own training programs because of all like the factors that you just listed and we just want you guys to know that um, it is not as important as you think. Like, what's important is that you get out and you do something. Um, you don't have to think about every single muscle in your body and every single plane of motion. That comes later when you get more advanced. What, like, the novice effect is that. Every time you work out, and this would be for people who are just starting to train, every time you work out, your body's making adaptations and you're putting stress on your body that your body needs to recover from and get better from. 
So any stress that you put on your body, as long as it's not like a, a an insane amount of stress, um, you're going to get better from. And you can start worrying about incorporating these other aspects of um, training for health once, you know, you get a grasp on what does training actually look like for you. Great point. Um, I appreciate you uh, contributing that. Definitely. I think that's that's huge. I think, the bi- like you said, the biggest thing is just getting started. And you're going to make mistakes. I mean, I know I did when I was first getting started training. Um, but that's the only way to learn. So I, I really just think getting started is the biggest thing people can do. And when it comes to getting started, like we said before, you really don't wanna bite off more than you can chew. I would start with low frequency, meaning you're only working out a couple times a week. That doesn't mean you can't walk and be active on days that you're not working out, but we gotta remember the difference between um, just movement and actual exercise or training. Yeah, or the difference between training and and exercise, because training, you're training for a goal and this is progressive, whereas exercise, you are just raising your heart rate for an extended period of time and um, moving more intensely and more um, directly than you would be if you were just going about living your life. But yeah, the way I've been taught is that movement is gonna be things like walking up and down stairs when you're trying to get to and from your apartment, um, exercise is going to be working towards you're, you're doing it for a particular reason you're trying to improve on one thing or another um, so I, I think moving throughout the day is great but we also have to make time to actually dedicate towards building whatever you want to build um, so starting with low frequency one just probably I would say two times a week to start um, trying to include the basic movements where you have a push exercise Um, for your upper body, a pull exercise for your upper body, some type of squat and some type of deadlift variation for your resistance training, and then mixing in whatever cardio you like to do. Um, You never really want to do your cardio before resistance training unless it's just to get a little warm up and get some blood flow. Um, I think we've spoken on this before, but those two just kind of have opposing pathways and it kind of confuses your body when you try to do those both back to back because it can't really focus on building your endurance if it's trying to focus on building muscle and vice versa. So I would definitely say starting with low frequency, not doing a ton of volume, meaning your sessions aren't long. Um, you, you keep it to, you really can just pick a number of sets and the number of reps if you have resistance available to you and just pr- try to increase the amount of resistance you use every time. This could be, you pick three sets of five. That's a, a common one and that's one we like to use for beginners where you pick three sets of five for your main movements. So you're doing three sets of five on the bench press, three sets of five on whatever your squat movement is. It could be a back squat, front squat, goblet squat with a dumbbell. Obviously we're stuck at home right now so it could be um, loading it with a backpack, doing something where you have external resistance. And each week you're trying to increase the, the load that you're using. And for beginners, you're going to be able to do that for a long time because a lot of strength is neural. It's not actually your body making adaptations. It's your nervous system. So you want to ride that wave as long as you can of just keeping reps, sets and reps the same and just trying to get stronger. Um, and you'll notice a lot of physical changes too, because you're gonna your muscles are gonna get get bigger because they're just that's just like what's it newbie gains 
um, you're you're gonna um, accu- uh, blah, blah, accumulate size a lot faster than somebody who's been training for two years because your body isn't under a ton of stress yet and you're just not pushing heavy enough weights for your recovery process to slow down so you're recovered for every workout Um, and that's really going to translate into the size that you're able to build and the amount of stress you're able to put your body in I definitely agree that beginners will make progress in terms of size um, and strength quicker than more intermediate or advanced people, but it will take time. It's I blo- Most of the reading I've done cites anywhere from like six to 12 weeks for actual like structural adaptations to take place, meaning you're actually putting on visible amounts of muscle, things like that. So it will take time. You have to be patient. But like we said, you're going to make a ton of progress at first, which is going to feel great and be really encouraging and keep you wanting to do it. So like I said before, pick sets and reps. If you're working on strength, I I really think three sets of five. I think that's a simple enough, effective enough template for most people is doing three sets of five on your strength movements and trying to increase the load. Obviously, not everyone has access to any type of external load right now. So we're in a little bit of a debacle when it comes to training for strength right now. Uh, We discussed some options for trying to maintain strength on our last podcast. Um, But in terms of building strength, it can be tough if you don't have access to weights. So I don't know. Do we want to go over recommendations for that or do we want to just stick to to what we would do under normal circumstances? I think we could just stick to what we would do normally. Um, there's a lot that you could do with your own body weight and a lot of people can't even do a push-up. So if you can't do a push-up, it's my opinion that you shouldn't start bench pressing. Um, push-ups are, you can do them anywhere and you don't need a gym to do them. And that's why I think they're the most functional and it's a natural movement that your body does. So before you think about like, well, I need this and this and this to functionally train. It's like, how hard is it for you to, can you do a one-legged squat? Like, can you, are, are you really the master of your body weight? And that, if you, once you can master your own body weight, the weight in the gym is going to be so much more stable and um, just easier to handle. Yeah, it's a great point. I totally agree that if you can't do a push-up, there is no reason why you should be touching weights. Um, So yeah, I I definitely think you should master those things first. Where it gets kind of murky is where when you have people um, doing like sets of 30 bodyweight squats and stuff like that, because you're really not working on your strength when you're doing that. I mean, yes, you may get stronger in that particular sense, but like if you have very short rest times and you're doing very high rep work, you're not gonna gain a lot of strength. It's gonna be more muscular endurance and a little bit of hypertrophy of growing the muscle. So that's where the specificity and knowing what you're trained for blank, what what are you training for? So it gets a little tricky when you're at home because you have to do a considerable amount of bodyweight squats to make it intense enough where you actually feel something. But there are ways, as we discussed on our last podcast, like introducing 
jumping, sprinting, things like that, and increasing the intensity or controlling the tempos on the way down or holding a particular position, doing isometric, things like that you can do to increase the intensity. So while it is tricky right now, there are ways you can work around it. And being able, this is a perfect time to work on things like being able to do a one-legged squat, being able to balance on one leg even, and do handstands and do things like that. So while it is a weird time right now, we're not completely without and it's important to keep sight of that uh so yeah i keep it very simple start small and gradually increase um for your resistance training um should we move into we have just some general recommendations for people who are trying to train for overall health and tie this all together yeah let's uh let's start wrapping up so let's take these one by one and if you have any thoughts on them feel free to share so the first one is just finding a schedule that works for you and sticking to it. Um, there's a really good quote that I like to tell people, and it's that the best exercise is the exercise that you can do every day. Um, like a daily walk is not a bad place to start. Um, for me, what's been really helpful is having not necessarily that I work out at the same time every day, but I have a schedule. So on Mondays and Wednesdays, I work out at 8 a.m. On the Tuesdays and Fridays, I work out at like 12 or 1. So you want to make sure that you have a consistent schedule there if that's something, like if training is really a top priority for you because for some people, if they don't if they don't have that schedule, it's not going to get done, um, or they'll push it off and be like, "Well, I'll do it after this." Oh, I'll do it after this. So you really have to hold yourself accountable with sticking, picking a schedule, and sticking to it. Totally, um, and I think there are certain parts of being like a ritualistic or routine oriented person that can be kind of harmful if you're not able to adapt or be flexible because inevitably things are going to happen and your schedule is going to get thrown off and you have to be able to adapt to that but in the same sense being like on point and having a routine can be super helpful for trying to learn anything or trying to improve on anything because you have a dedicated time that you're you know you're going to work on this and nothing else so i think not only for for training but for nutrition purposes and really just trying to learn or improve on any new skill set aside time for it um start small and work your way up and be consistent and that's that's a pretty much a recipe for success the next one is going to be we already touched on this so don't do cardio immediately before resistance training ideally you would either break them up into separate days so maybe your strength training Two times a week, you're doing cardio two times a week. You're strength training two times a week, you're doing cardio three times a week, vice versa, whatever. Um, or you can do, as long as you are you split it up enough to where you give your body some time to transition and recover from whatever exercise you're doing. Like say you do cardio in the morning and then you do strength training in the afternoon. That's totally viable and you're not going to really experience any adverse effects from that. So that's another option there. Um, eating pre and post workout. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, so some people don't really like to have, like, um, a full stomach before they work out. They would rather work out fasted. Um, Generally, a good rule of thumb is to have something in there, some carbs, before you start working out. Um, There's something called the anabolic window, which 
a lot of bros typically think like, okay, if you don't get a protein shake in during your anabolic window, you're going to lose all your gains. Um, that's not, that's not as important as just eating sometime after your workout. Like you're probably not going to be super hungry after your workout, but, um, you should have a little something there so that you're not, you're feeding your body. You're giving it what it needs to recover. Yeah, I definitely agree. I encourage everyone I work with to eat something before they come. They don't always listen. And that has led to some shitty workouts and some, you know, some throwing up and nothing good. So there are instances where training fasted, training without anything in your stomach. Um, I From some research I've seen, you may burn a little bit more fat doing that because your body's going to rely on stored fat rather than um, readily available energy like carbs. But for performance's sake, if you don't have that quick energy to call on, which is going to be in the form of carbohydrates, then it's going to be tough to perform your best and you're going to feel like shit. So I really think just having like a little bit of fruit, that's usually what I tell people just like 30 minutes before, um, have a banana, have couple clementines have an apple whatever um just get a little something in your stomach and then after we want to make sure that we have protein to help uh build back up our muscle and carbohydrates to replenish the energy that we used while we were working out um that's really what it comes down to next up be minimal um like we already discussed start small stick to it prove to yourself that you can be consistent and you will see progress, even if it's just one day a week for 15 minutes. If you're doing nothing before, you, you will see a change. Um, give it time. Like we said, it may take somewhere between 6 and 12 weeks for you to really see like changes in your body. It may be quicker for some. It may take even longer for some. But it will come if, as long as you're consistent. It's really going to help if you make a conscious effort in how you eat. Um and I guess that could be a whole nother series called like eat for blank, but we're not dietitians. We're not certified to talk about any of that. But if you, you know, want to do your own research, credible research, um, and then pair that with the way that you're training, you might see those changes happen a little faster. Yeah, nutrition is a huge part of this overall picture. And a lot of my thoughts on nutrition, like you said, we're not dietitians, we're not nutritionists, but a lot of my thoughts are the same when it comes to nutrition. It's finding something that works for you and that's, that is conducive to you making progress towards your goals and stick to that. And for me, I eat a lot of the same foods day to day and I don't, luckily I don't really get too tired of them, but I know that they are, they work well, so I stick to them and that's kind of how I go about it. Moving right along, um, we talked about this as well, training the entire kinetic chain, not just pushing, not just pulling, not just squatting, um, not just deadlifting, but doing a mix of it all, including your cardio, um, just being well-rounded. If you want to be healthy and you want to have a healthy body, not necessarily be the strongest person in the gym, but just just feel good, move well, then training the entire kinetic chain is, is very important. Really, that just means your entire body. That's just a fancy way to say your entire body. Um, next one, making time for balance and mobility work. Do you want to talk about that at all? Um, so I, I would argue that you can do a lot of this in your training. You can incorporate one-legged stuff in there. So like a one-legged lunge, that's going to help a lot with balance. 
um, if you are doing squats and you notice that um, you're not you're not getting as low as you'd like and you continue to work on that, you can work on mobility during your um, workout. But what Roy and I like to do is we like to do our balance and mobility work before our training for like three to five minutes. You don't really want to, to get super flexible before you resistance train. Um, for cardio, this might be a little bit different, but before weight training, you don't really want to um, be, you don't want to be super loose. Um, so like three to five minutes of some mobility drills. And then later in the day, even we also do that, like 10 minutes of balance and mobility work, just moving. And um, we do a lot of this just watching the TV or um, sometimes I'll read and sit in a deep squat um, just to work on my ankle mobility and my hip mobility. So a lot of this doesn't even have to happen during your workout. Yeah, and I think really it should be a pretty much like you should address it as it comes up because you don't want to waste your time. And I think a lot of people do kind of take mobility a little bit overboard. Um, not that it's not like a good thing to be doing with your time. It is, but I think time could be better spent recovering if it's not like an immediate thing or whatever. So like Jen said, if you notice your ankle mobility is lacking, then that means you might want to spend some time before or outside of your workout to address that. Um, I also think in terms of balance, just mastering like pretty basic movements, um, even just like I know that I'm spending a lot more time sitting down right now than usual. So just getting up and balancing on one leg every once in a while, doing some squats, some single leg squats, stuff like that. Just just being able to move well um, is all of this cumulatively is also going to really help with injury prevention, which is huge. Um, so just tying everything in and making sure that you're well-rounded, that you're including some of everything in terms of balance, mobility, strength, stability, um, and cardio is, is really important. Um, the next one we have is progressive overload, which just means getting better over time, challenging yourself over time. You can't just do the same weight for the same number of reps and the same number of sets over and over and expect to make progress. That's not how your body works. So you have to constantly introduce a new challenge um, in order for your body to make adaptations. That's the said principle, right? It's a specific adaptation to demand, whatever it is. I don't know exactly what it stands for, but... That's the, the general sense of it. Um, anything to add? Uh, not really. I would I would just say like if you're having trouble making your own program um, or getting your workout done, I typically what I just recommend is like pick four to six exercises that you want to do and do three sets of five of them. Um, that's a really easy way to go about it, and you'll you'll become a little bit more experienced in terms of reps and sets and how to group the exercises once you exercise more but it's really moving like exercising and training um are super customizable and it's about what makes you feel good and what's helping you accomplish why you're training so yeah um anything to add no i think 
hopefully that gave you guys a lot to think about, a lot of value. We wanted to produce some type of sample program so you could kind of see what we're talking about when it, in terms of tying this all together. But we know that nobody really has access to a gym right now. Um, so maybe this would be a good one to come back and listen to later on. But if you do have questions about how you can apply this to your current situation, being stuck at home with or without um, equipment, you can always reach out to us. There are lots of great resources out there, um, lots of free programs. I would just, now that you have this knowledge, make sure that you ask yourself when you're checking out whatever given program that it, it meets some of these criteria. And like we said, we're not the most experienced, we're not the most knowledgeable, but we are trying our best to put what we do know out there. And we're always open to answering questions, taking feedback, doing things like that. So hopefully you, someone got something from this episode and we're gonna continue with the Train for Blank series, trying to tackle some of your goals. We're not sure what's coming next. Maybe it'll be strength, maybe it'll be hypertrophy, building a physique, maybe it'll be weight loss. We'll have to see um, what people are interested in. Other than that, I think that pretty much does it for today. Um, am I missing anything? No. Um, we will see you guys for episode six of season two. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye.